Hey, this is Chase Barber. And I'm Jordan Willie. We're two blue-collar boys doing some blue-collar interviews. That is a wild one. Yeah, I get told that a lot. Okay, how about you say it first? You can do the intro today. <laughs> All right. Well, so I'm Gabe Hinchy. I just Hinchy. Gabe Hinchy. Okay, welcome yeah. to Blue Collar Interviews, Gabe. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, uh, Gabe is a. I'd say you're a fan of the show. You're a concrete truck driver in the oh, states. Yeah. Yep. I've been oh, listening yeah. since since the first episode. No way. No way. Yeah. That's very cool. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, you wanted to come on a little while ago there, didn't you? Yeah, back when uh, Matt Faust was on here, I was on his TikTok page making some jokes about my truck, and he came on here and was talking to you guys about it. Oh, yeah, when you were talking about that Sterling that actually yeah. looks okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. was me. I have That's seen him on TikTok. <laughs> I should have sent them over to Chase. I don't know if you have seen him, Chase, but he has a Sterling. It well, does look no, okay. Actually, since, since last year... I got a I got a 2019 Mac now in March. Oh, that's an upgrade. Yeah. Hey, nice. I I thought the Sterling was cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the was- Sterling's cool until you get something else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you're running concrete then? Yep. It's, I'd say I mean it's not like easy, but it's it's simple stuff. Yeah. So, or you must be coming down to the tail end of the season here, I guess. Yeah, we're get, I mean, right now everyone's kind of busy since you know, they're trying to get it all done before winter. But even in the winter last year, I was still working a couple days a week. Yeah, what like what do you do in the winter? Uh so we do we have uh three plants right now. We're putting up a fourth and we kind of just do maintenance on all of them. You know, each plant will take about 2 weeks to do maintenance on. And then we still do a, one or two loads of concrete every day. Oh, really? Yeah. I- Wait, where boats are you? Uh, right in the middle of Iowa. I know nothing about Iowa. I, uh, it's, it's I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a very boring place, isn't it? I mean, you could, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Notoriously boring. In the winter time, or like, how far south are you? I, uh, like, a little more north, but kind of in the middle. I'm just, you know, where Minnesota is. Yeah, yes. I'm. We're just below Minnesota. Okay, so. You get relatively colder there then. Eh? Yeah, like a couple of years ago, it was like negative 20 out uh, Fahrenheit. Well, that, that's not bad. But normally, mm. you now it gets down to make it zero, negative 10. I don't know what Fahrenheit is for negative 10. Wow. What's, what's that in Celsius, Chase? <laughs> Two degrees is zero. Okay, okay. So not too bad. So I think that's like minus 10. Okay. I, I don't know. You coward. <laughs> yeah, but how, how do you pour concrete when it's freezing? Like, what happens? Uh, well, it's a, it's a pain to clean up because it all freezes before you can wash it off. But uh, there's guys that they pour all the way down to zero degrees, and then we do some stuff for uh, some Facebook server buildings in the winter inside, and they'll have the building heated to, like, 65 degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, you can pour concrete in lower degrees like in, in manitoba here chase we're still pouring lots but we hoard everything and that's just when like concrete's so expensive over here it seems because as soon as it's this time of year we got tarps and shelters made over top of our pores and we bring it in cold and you pour it into a heated area oh like, like i've worked on some bridge sites in the winter we'll, we'll hoard an entire bridge like a 60 80 foot bridge will just be in, in its own building for the winter all right we just go home yeah, see, we we don't, we, we, don't have, we don't have the option because then we can only work four months of the year. <laughs> yeah, so we just hoard everything. I like I just finished a pour last week. I did a patio, or sorry, a pad for a cabin, yeah. and it's been zero at night. So you don't want your concrete to freeze, but concrete holds like it does produce a little heat, Chase. So yeah. I tarp it, and uh, throughout the night it'll stay at at good temperature just with its own heat. How much was I? How much is concrete up there? How expensive is it? Oh, I just ordered a load for three three yards. It was uh, with delivery though. It was about a half an hour delivery, and it was about seven hundred bucks. Is the is your seven hundred dollars the same as our seven hundred dollars? No, no, that would be like five hundred bucks. I don't know. I think I was asking for 
10 cubic meters, and that was about 2,000, so 200 bucks a, a meter. Oh, you guys measure in meters, too. This is all messed up. <laughs> what what language yeah. are we speaking? It's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so to about 200 bucks a cubic meter or something like that. Okay, we do, I think, a full truck for us, about 10 and a half yards of, like, you know, just 4,000 exterior with nothing in it is, like, about $1,200. About 140 I think that's, yards. That's 15, cheaper. 15 yards equals about 13 cubic meters or so. 12 cubic meters. Oh, okay. So $2,000 would be about 15. So we're about a little bit more. We're about 20% more. But we have one company that has a huge monopoly in this area. And oh, yeah. yeah. There's another cement plant for at least an hour to two hour drive in each direction so yeah that'll happen there's the most drug involvement in, in concrete and you you can't change my mind on that <laughs> there's a lot of money getting washed in concrete in manitoba i'm pretty sure oh really <laughs> oh there's one plant that got bought up by by like some notoriously shady companies and we know they're uh we, we don't know but like uh, shady companies don't stop doing shady stuff once they get caught they just pay the bill so um, I think they're using it to clean money. One, but, uh, that that is what it is. Yeah. See, speaking of that, see the guy from Nicola, that shady fuck got finally sentenced to jail. No way! I didn't see that. Yeah, I don't know how he got sentenced to jail because, like, that that was the one thing I don't understand for being as shady is like, it, it was a scam. He made four and a half billion dollars. If I made four and a half billion dollars scamming people with a fake electric truck. Like, why would you still be in the U.S.? I would be on some unknown island out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, that's pretty pretty dumb on him. Isn't Switzerland pretty good for, like, protecting people? Yeah, but, like, I feel like yes and no. Like, I think they still do extradition. Mm-hmm. I would do, like, my own private island. That's true. You could just buy an island for a million bucks. We did look at islands. Yeah, like a million dollars. You buy an island. Like, I'd buy one of the nice $20, $30 million islands. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess I you got $4.8 billion, like A bunch yeah. of locals and be like, hey, just so you know, like, your average yearly salary is like twenty grand a year. I'm going to pay you hundred grand a year. But if anybody kidnaps me off this island, the, the party runs out. And party runs out. And guys for a million bucks a year security. And, like, those guys, if you pay them that price, nobody's going to be able to extradite you off that island. I don't think, I th- I th- I, well, plus you're your own, like, d- diplomacy, like, your own democracy. Like, couldn't you say there's no extradition here? Well, I, I don't know, because, like, most of the islands are, like, still owned by a country. Like, Fiji has a bunch of tiny islands, but they own all the islands and, like, within their whatever radius. You could build a barge, like, on the water. Oh, yeah, if you have <laughs> billions of dollars, like, oh, screw it, you could probably, like, if you have four and a half billion dollars, you could buy your own U.S. aircraft carrier. Just call that your own country. That and uh, don't do they sell? They I think they do sell abandoned uh, drilling rigs, like deep sea drilling rigs. Don't they or no? Yeah, I probably, would probably make a lot of money off making an electric generated drilling rig. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we'll cover that son of a bitch in solar panels, like some diesel generators, like. I'm assuming, though, he just figured that, like, because he was rich enough that he wouldn't go to jail. Because, like, I think that's how that works in the States. That's typically how it works, is he's just protected by other billionaires. I mean, Madoff went, got sentenced to jails, but, like, still. Mm-hmm. Well, like, oh, what was it? The, the crash of 2008, like, all the billionaires and millionaires, only one guy went to jail for all of that shady crap going on on Wall Street. Yeah. It's like, great, classic, one guy takes the fall. I feel like it just goes to show that if you're going to do crime, you do white-collar crime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, That's fair enough. Like, you can look up all, like, the stockbrokers in Canada. I forget the website, but, like, all the people with, like, their securities licenses, and it shows you, like, all the violations they did, and you're like, this person made $500,000 trading, yada, 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 whatever. Insider trading, and they're like, total fine, $2,000. Like, if you look at, like, all the small-level white-collar crime that never makes the news, but they publish it all online, it's, like, the stupidest thing, and, like, the fines are so tiny. You're like, That's true. In, in financial crime, the fines are really just a slap on the wrist, it seems. Yeah, like, I feel like it's because, like, they're fines that have never been adjusted. And, like, if you make $1 million doing shady shit, 
and you get slapped with a five thousand dollar fine. That's just like a cost of doing business. Yeah. Okay, Gabe. We were talking yeah. about how we, we sometimes go off the rails here. This yeah, thing, I, you're I, very I, used to it. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you're a listener, you 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 know this happens. So I mean, it okay, kind of all we, goes somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get back to concrete, then. I, uh, it's concrete, not cement. There's so many different types of concrete, and I didn't realize that. Oh yeah, hey. I didn't, I, before I started here, I didn't know either. You know, I thought you just mixed it all together and dumped it, but it's a bit more complicated than that. Well, even I forget now. Like I was ordering concrete the other day for a job, and I forget how much it is different. Like, oh, okay, like what kind of MPA? What's the air pressure in it? Oh, like you yeah. are pouring in cold weather. Do you want to put this additive in so you get faster curing? It's like, what the? Oh, I forgot. <laughs> okay. It's not just concrete. <laughs> yeah. Kind yeah, of forgot about it. Here, there, there's nobody around here that like, the, the people I know that don't work in concrete, they all call it cement. And that mm-hmm. kind of gets me every time because it's not cement. It's it's concrete. Oh, I've gotten in trouble for that a few times for like concrete and you're like oh yeah i just need some cement and they're like no you need concrete yeah, how yeah, dare exactly. you chase okay speaking of concrete we got a little concrete <laughs> fact did you know the hoover dam is still curing yeah that's crazy right the concrete in the hoover dam is not done curing and won't be done for like another 20 years or something I can't remember how long it's supposed to cure for what is it like uh that three uh valley like the yancey river uh dam what is supposed to take like a hundred and fifty years to cure or something like that? I, I some it's something nuts like that. Like the concrete's still and on the in, like you know I said it produces own heat on the inside. It's still like crazy warm. Like like I can't remember the heat temp it was at, but like it's still super hot in there from it creating like, its own it heat. Wonder if like because a lot of guys when they were building that in Boulder, Colorado, like fell into the concrete and got buried in the concrete. What time we get like? You think they're hardened or still just like floating around? If they're right uh, in the middle, they're probably a bunch of bones now, right? I don't know how that works in concrete. Do you uh, I don't know because, like, it, it, what about the air? Like, is there anything to like oxidize the air and really decompose it? And like, if you formed a cavity, like, I imagine if you're in the mush, it would all slough off if you're moving around. But if it, you got cured in concrete, would it, it essentially like mummify you? I don't know, but I also know that you would be pretty crushed. It, I, I, like, like it would, it would have you so compressed too. Like, there's so much weight in there. Also, was it? It was a lot of people, but like, was it a lot of people? Like, wasn't just like a, a couple people fell in the concrete? More people than actually, like a lot of people died in the construction. Like a lot of people died in the construction, but I only think like two or three actually died by falling into the concrete. Yeah, not the way to go. Not the way you want to go, but it happens. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was the. The ones that had to like go up and do the rocks. Oh, fun fact about the people that died on the dam. The first guy to die on the dam and the last guy to die were a a father. Yes, I that is true. That and that's nuts. Poor, poor family. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not a fun fact. Yeah, that's not exactly a fun fact. It's more of a depressing fact. Hey, depressing fact here. Gabe, has there been uh, anyone falling into concrete while you've been poured? Uh, well, you know, every like when we're pouring concrete, usually it's only depending on what it is. If it's like a parking lot, it'll be, you know, six or eight inches thick. And occasionally, you got the one guy that trips and falls, and he'll kind of do like a belly flop or a back flop, and he'll be covered. How mad are the supervisors when that guy falls in? They just throw a tool. Well, it, that, it's, the it's, uh, that's the other crew of guys. It's not our guys, you know. So I, mm-hmm. I just sit there and kind of laugh, and then it's their problem. Yes, I guess I uh, yeah. I had a I had a concrete truck run over some forms when we were working. Have you ever done anything like that? Uh, let's see. Back, uh, what did I do? I didn't. I don't think I've ran anything over. Um, but I did drive into some loose rock on like the edge of a driveway, and I about tipped my truck over. I had two wheels off the ground. Mm-hmm. But pretty uh, sketchy. Yeah, it was. It was pretty bad. But yeah, there's there's guys that run stuff over around here. But, you know, we get in trouble for that. Well, you don't want to see the general contractor's face when the forms get run over. He's not a happy person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've never ran a – I mean, knock on wood, but I've never ran a form over or anything. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I mentioned this last podcast, but I was – like, I was forming last week. I don't do that much concrete work. I just so happen to be doing a job. And uh, someone was cutting my string lines every day. I'd come in in the morning. 
and my string lines to line up the walls for this house. Someone was cutting them. Like I'd show up and all of them were cut on the ground. Okay, this is kind of crappy. And I text my buddy that I was like, hey, like my string lines all got cut. He's like, hey, man, someone came to our job site and dismembered all our forms and took them apart. They didn't steal anything. They just took everything apart. So I'm a little busy right now. What? What a bunch of... <laughs> what an awful thing to do, right? Like, 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 it's almost worse than not stealing it. Like, if you're going to go that far, at least steal it so it's an insurance claim. This way, it's just they just take everything apart and leave it there. That must have been somebody that was, like, personally pissed off at somebody on the job site or the company. 100%. Oh, and- it had to because that is so petty. Like, just t- well, I guess I don't know, but taking taking apart someone else's forms like that's just the worst thing to do. That would be like um, going and pilling out like all the marking stakes. Like, if a job site got fully surveyed after like a week of surveying, going in and pulling them out all the stakes. Oh, that would just make me cry. You know uh, that, that's one. That's one thing I'll run over if, if there's a stake in my way. I'll just drive over it you'd be running over survey stakes stakes in the way no the the big the wooden ones with the with the colorful tags on them Mm. yeah if if one of those is in the way to get where i need to go i'll you know i'll try to avoid it but if i happen to run over i won't be mad wow (laughs) yeah if it's one stake that's not the end of the world it's not it's not like i'm driving over a whole row row of stakes well surveyors I like it depends on what you're surveying because I know with like with road construction surveyors have to like you're adding layers so they're checking they're sitting there all day with you checking so that's one thing because they can just oh I gotta check it again I'll put put it back up we had a surveyor come to a job site once and he was like okay it was a huge job site and he had to be on the other end he's like okay I can only do this one for this for right now I won't be back till the afternoon so nobody touched this stake so like okay everyone see the stake nobody touch it. I was in the hole and I was like, hey, buddy, go grab a bundle of steaks. I need a couple over here. Comes back with a couple steaks. I looked down the line where the one steak is where he wasn't supposed to touch. <laughs> and I was like, did you get that from there? And he's like, no, no, this is from the trailer. I'm like, you went and st- took the one steak out of the ground we weren't supposed to touch. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You know, I just had a thought about steaks and that. You know, we got that big pipeline going through and all the hippies have been protesting. Like, yeah. I feel like that would be the best way if you wanted to, like, because the, the, they always keep trying to slow down the pipeline or block a road or, you know, just doing hippie things. Mm-hmm. I feel like the biggest thing of protest is that, like, you just had one guy that was pissed off go in every night and just take out all their stakes every single night. And it would <laughs> delay the crew every morning, putting, re-putting in the stakes. How about we don't talk about that? You're going to encourage this. You're giving them ideas. <laughs> Yeah, you're giving them. Well, they probably don't listen to this. I guess. Yeah, I'm sure all the hippies that are anti-oil listen to blue-collar interviews. Okay, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. But yeah, that would really mess up a day. Jeez. I mean, that would. It would. Sorry, I don't. I shouldn't have said that. I <laughs> like that just occurred to me. I'm like, man, if I was going to like, if I was annoyed at a project, I just go yank all the the stakes out every day. That would but, be good. Blocking a road, like. Like, I got shit to do. I got to get to work. If I'm going to, like, want to shut down a project, I don't have, like, like Fairy Creek, and I don't have, like, two months to sit there blocking a road waiting for the cops to remove me. On my way to work, I'll just pull up all the grade stakes every morning, and then, like, ha-ha, now you got to go redo that every day. Okay, I know I know we shouldn't encourage it, but I'm trying to think of other ways to wreck people's job stakes. <laughs> like, how to protest if you've got to get to work at 7 in the morning? <laughs> That's true. That's just silent protesting. And like you're, you're like it's not like you're really like destroying equipment or anything. You're just causing a large amount of inconvenience. You're not like putting sugar in a gas tank that's gonna start being I guess it though if your whole goal is to shut down a pipeline, you don't give a shit, but still. Mm. Hmm. Good to know. So I was looking up some concrete facts here. Okay. Do you know China used more concrete in just three years? Than the entire United States of America used between 1901 and the year 2000. China used it's they used 50 percent more concrete in three years than the U.S. did in 100 years. Is that is a number for that, or is it just 50 yeah? Million? I got here uh, between 2011 and 2013, China used 6.6 gigatons of concrete. That's just between 2011 and 2013, 6.6 gigatons. In the U.S., between 1901 and 2000, the U.S. did 4.5 gigatons. So 
2.1 gigatons more. So 50% more in just two years, three years. That is absurd, first of all. I didn't know they had like that much access to aggregate because you need a lot of aggregate and concrete. Like, where did they? I didn't know they had, they must have a ton of pits all over the place. Like, how could they do that? Oh, it's like steel production, too. Do you know that just one factory in the U.S. for steel in China, one factory puts out more in a year than all steel factories across the entire United States do put together? I did not know that. That like, is ridiculous. Like two times the amount out of one factory, and they have more factories than the U.S. Like, it's, it's just... Like, this is what I keep saying. Like, we are getting screwed in North America by not developing infrastructure. Like, they have high-speed rail networks across to, like, every city that, like, with high-speed trains, like those maglabs that do, like, six, seven hundred kilometers an hour in an entire rail network because they just poured nothing but concrete. Yeah, that's all steel and concrete. Jeez, no wonder they use more. Like, and here... We have highways that we built in the 1960s and still haven't been upgraded. You look at like one highway project that's tiny and they're like, oh yeah, that's going to take like 10 years to add on a second lane for like a 10 kilometer stretch of road. And you're like, oh yeah, that sounds reasonable. One kilometer a year. And meanwhile, China's like, just so you know, we're going to be doing about uh, a thousand kilometers a year of high speed rail. Like it's just, it's nuts when you compare the numbers. Okay. Speaking of concrete stuff, sorry, Gabe. We're just you got us on concrete, good. and it's it's becoming more interesting as we go. Lafarge, yeah. do you know what Lafarge is? I I don't say I know what that is. That's a is a huge concrete company in Canada. They do I do think they have some in the states, but they also have plants in like the Middle East, and oh, they yeah. just got a giant <laughs> fine because they were hiring terrorist cells to protect their batch plants in the in the <laughs> Middle East. I mean. Oh, it, I mean, it's kind of just like cheap security, isn't it? It is, and it's like, what else are they going to do? Hire American contracting companies? That's just asking for trouble. Just hire the hire the locals. They might be terrorists, but uh, it got worse than that. Is that they hired some locals that were like terrorists against that, and then they had another issue where it was ISIS approaching one of their concrete plants, and it was well, shit was going on in Syria, and like it all be like, well, we want the concrete for the bunker, and like there was mm. like no protection at this concrete plant. So Lafarge took all their employees that were based out of France and then moved them out. They're like, guys, that's not safe. And then forced all of the uh, Syrian workers to be like, no, you guys need to stay in this thing, even though ISIS will behead all of you fuckers if they get there. And they're only a short ways away. And then they're like, yeah, there's no security detail. Anyways, we're just going to pull all our guys out because this seems super dangerous. Yeah. And we don't give a shit if you die because you're just Middle Eastern. Oh, that the racism, the racism. It was pure racism. They left everybody that was like Middle Eastern and like took all the like the the French Europeans out, and it's like holy shit. Oh man, Lafarge, why you got to go do that? Huh. I mean, they're French. Yeah, it is what it is. Gotta do what you gotta do. What'd you say? <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do. Oh, I don't yep. speak that. <laughs> it's supplying concrete to a bunch of like sketchy terrorists in the Middle East. Were they paying the full price though? Because if they are, like, you know, some money's money, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as long as it's not like, oh, that's still screwed up. That they're like, well, as long as we're, like the Europeans don't die, I don't care. As long as we're making money off this concrete. That is pretty bad detail of it. Come on, Lafarge. I mean, I'm sure it's not the first large corporation to screw over a bunch of people in a third world country. Uh, it's got to be up there with the first. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the Dutch East India Company ever did anything. Yeah, how's that iPhone doing? What? No. Oh, yeah, did you hear about that one? Speaking of large corporations, uh, they will have specific everybody thing? locked in the iPhone manufacturing facility. And, like, the workers are, like, tried to, like bust out of the place that makes iPhones and the Chinese literally called the military in to like arrest and force them back in. Oh wow. That's pretty <laughs> messed up. Oh. Sorry, my sister just came in. Yeah. All good. All good. All good. Sorry. I'm just on a I don't know. I don't know. I'm pausing here. I'm freaking out. This iPhone stuff. I uh, I was just looking into some other things, and like the amount of people who like tweet about oppression 
on an iPhone and then like don't look into what's going on with stuff like that in China. It's like, okay, you guys, this is some hypocrisy if I've ever seen it. And you know what? To be fair, that's one of those things where like it's always a stupid argument that drives me nuts when people are like, you know, obviously not a communist, but it's one of those arguments against communists and you're like, you like communists, why are you still using an iPhone? It's like, well, like what choice do you have? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying like, oh, don't do that. No, I'm just like, hey, before you start ripping because of some tiny little thing here that doesn't matter in our world because we have a beautiful life compared to others, let's let's start over there. Let's work on some other things. Oh, yeah. Like, that's the thing that I don't understand is, like, you look at the amount of just stupid things that get shut down here for whatever awful environmental reason. Like, oh, they're trying to put that pipeline, the natural gas pipeline into Kitimat, and they're like, well, that needs to get shut down. And the, the natural gas pipeline that's going to be going out to like uh, towards the St. Lawrence, uh, shut that one down. Like we don't want it. It's just bad for the environment. They don't think that these natural gas pipelines are going to China and or Germany, the UK, Europe that have coal production facilities. So the natural gas goes to shut down the coal especially the coal in China goes up into the jet stream, travels across the Pacific where it lands on the West coast and the Pacific coast as sulfuric rain, acid rain that poisons our rivers. And yet you'll have all these environmentalists and they're like, well, no, you can't uh, like, you can't get a stream up or like you can't go near a stream or any of this kind of contamination, like any drop of hydraulic fluid you need to freak out about. And it's like, do you guys realize how bad all these coal plants are in China and how much stuff that it's putting into the global atmosphere that all these coal mines on leachate are producing in the global environment that you really shouldn't be giving a shit about a little bit of hydraulic oil in the stream? If you yeah. thought about it from a global perspective, you should be like, holy shit, get that natural gas pipe into the ground as fast as you can. I don't care. Get it to China. Stop that acid rain. Should have been done 10 years ago. And yet they're slowing down every job. You're like, well, we can't work in the spring because tadpoles and like frogs could be hatching. Like we'll wait for winter. And oh, there's a migratory bird. So we can't do this area. I don't care. Rip that stretch through the woods. Because you know what's much worse for the frogs? All the sulfuric rain that keeps landing on the West Coast from what China's doing. Like, but these environmentalists won't think past the end of the province. Mm. No, it, it it gets pretty ridiculous because I I can't remember the percentages like Canada's uh, environmental impact, America's. I think both of us are under like seven percent together for the world in par- environmental impact on whatever scale they use to measure that. And it's like, and we freak out the most. We freak out the most. I'm not saying that doesn't mean we don't have to do anything for the environment. I'm not saying that, but like, calm down with some of these issues, like the the tadpoles and the fish you talk about. Like, I know my dad was just on a job. And it was like the, like the amount of work, the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars to save like a few fish that were going through this little uh, creek. And it's like, come on, guys. Like, is this really realistic? Like, is this like something we need to worry about? Is this feasible to continue doing? I don't think so. Jeez. That's why I don't know how it connects. I'd, I'd say it connects a little bit. But when like, you know, Jordan, when we wash out the cut truck, mm-hmm. you got to wash out like in a certain spot. Yeah, we got these the washout bags for to be carried on our truck. We got to put them on the job, you know. And there's guys around here. If you don't have them on the job that you poured on, like if you're in a residential neighborhood, if you don't put a bag on the job that you're on, you can't put it like two houses down or anything. That they'll freak out and they'll give you a fine and everything for a washout bag. Geez, we yeah. still we still wash out on the ground most of the time. <laughs> well, yeah, we, for us it depends on we're kind of like in the middle of the state where all the where the capital and all that is. So it depends mm-hmm. which part of town we're in, but we we wash out in the dirt sometimes too. If it if well, it's backfilled, you know, like if it's gonna yeah, if it's gonna get backfilled, like they don't want you to do that. But it's like okay, so what? We take it elsewhere, like to the dump for proper disposable. You know, what pro- most dumps. I don't know what American runs, but most dumps around here, what they're gonna do, they have a hole, but at least it's in a designated dumping area. Yeah, so that's it's how, like why yeah. can't a point zero zero one of a yard, this tiny little bit that comes out of shoots, why can't it go in the ground over here if it's going in the ground over there? Yes, but I think the one, uh, the one dump around here, I think they got shut down for that, and they had to build an actual one. They just had the hole in the ground, you know. They actually yeah. had to build a washout with like the three water filter thing, and you wash out one side, and it comes out the other end clean eventually. 
They didn't do all that. Ridiculous. Yeah. We did. I looked it up when you were saying, like, the amount, like, China puts out compared to the rest, and, like, everyone's worried about the environmental impact of, like, us. Yeah. China puts out 10 billion tons of CO2 emissions per year. If you were to put uh, the the U.S., Canada, and all of Europe together, we don't even equal China. Mm, Nice, nice. (laughs) But we have to do the most to fix it. Great. Just great. To be fair, I guess there's nothing wrong with, like, doing... It's, It's the things that I don't get is, like, there are certain things that I think we could be doing better. Like, certain things that don't harm anything. Like, let's cut some more fire breaks in to stop forest fires. Like, that's one of the largest uh, CO2 emissions in Canada is forest fires. Mm-hmm. Getting more break on that makes sense. Like, there's some emission things. Like, I see the electric making sense. Not so much as the lithium batteries. It still has an impact, but it moves it from the pollution from the cities where everyone's breathing it and it relocates it to a mine where you can control it a little bit better than with some cleaner energy. Like it makes to me, I'm like, Oh, there's a perfect application for some solar, some nuclear, like we could get some better production and be less dependent on Saudi Arabian and Russian oil. Like that's some win-win right there. Put in some solar, tell the Saudis to go fuck themselves. That's a win-win. But like, there's certain things that I don't understand that we do is like, we won't approve any projects anymore because they're like, well, we need to worry about the environmental impact. And it's, they're worried about the impact of the project on the ground and not what's going in. It's like, why aren't we doing these high speed rail lines? Like if we were to look at it, like what China does, why doesn't the U S have massive trains that will do 500, 700 kilometers an hour? Sorry. 500 miles an hour, 400 miles an hour for the American. Well, well we, we talked about this, like, like even like in Canada, even there's areas where it'd be awesome. It, Vancouver, lower mainland, of course, but like even from Red Deer to Edmonton, the amount of people who travel that way for work and everything is ridiculous. Like, why is there not a bullet train there? Like, it seems so dumb that it's not there. Like, it makes me, uh, it's frustrating. Like we could do literally five times the speed, cut the distance down and it's, safer than airlines with fewer accidents it pollutes way less than airlines like why isn't the entire u.s connected with a series of trains it would generate tons of jobs the amount of emissions that would go down from air airplanes put out so much emissions that it's insane like there's no def filter on a 747 you can't scrub that in the air and it's Like, we could be doing that sort of thing better, but then when it's like, hey, can we go in and can we build these lines? They're like, well, what about the environmental impact of building all that rail line and putting that concrete? Yeah, it's it's the temporary environmental impact that makes them stop it, but it's the long term that we'd be fixing, and it's it's very backwards thinking. It it just, it drives me nuts, too, because, like, air travel's... Short drive, chase, short drive. Yeah. (laughs) It's just not a long drive to get work done. <laughs> uh, Pretty I think funny. Oh, sorry. I got a question for Chase then about the environmental impact. So for your Edison truck, you got the batteries, you know. Are you getting those batteries from like a, just like buying them somewhere? Yep. Well, I mean, I'm Is not ready. Have, how much, uh, what's your environmental impact on those? Yeah, it's, uh, there's definitely environmental impact on the battery. 100%. I don't know the exact uh, tonnage for the size of CO2 or whatever environmental, however you want to quantify it. The way I figure is that with a diesel generator, we burn less fuel, which is like a 50, 75% reduction in fuel. That's a lot less getting put out. And instead of having large 800 kilowatt hour batteries, we have a 200 kilowatt hour battery. So we, it have a four times reduction uh, due to the smaller battery size. We have a four times reduction in batteries than what it would be fully electric. And we have a 70% reduction in fuel, 50% reduction in fuel. So overall, it's a net positive. Is mm-hmm. it zero emissions? No, because nothing is anymore. Nothing's yeah. zero emissions. I, I will. I do want to add to that that we've talked about also the force replacement. Like, say these Tesla trucks do ever end up getting on the highway, and someone buys it for a long haul, and it's you know it's a five hundred 
uh, kilometer haul that they want for a run to be constant for. Well, after five, six years, that truck won't be able to make that run anymore because the batteries will be worn out. It forces them replacement batteries. We got more batteries ending up in landfills. Or the Edison, you're not forced to replace a battery. You might have to burn a little bit more fuel, but you're not forcing yourself to replace batteries. And you don't, technically, you don't even have to burn more fuel. It's just, instead of, like, we get about two hours of drive time off our batteries. Um, three hours of running bobtail empty, whatever. But let's say two hours of run time. And then you got to run the generator for half an hour to charge it back up. What'll happen is the batteries, if you go down to 50% capacity in your batteries, instead of running it every two hours for half an hour, you run it for 15 minutes every hour, which is honestly, that might be something we're going to do anyways. We were looking at the health of the batteries and it would be more beneficial to charge it more often in shorter durations but then there's more start and stops on the generator so it's like a balancing act but anyways the point is is that it's just you're gonna have to do that with a battery that's 50 percent reduced so it's a slight more inconvenience but it's nowhere near the inconvenience if you're like oh yeah i used to be able to do 600 miles on my battery charge Mm-hmm. Oh, but now I can only do 300, 200 miles, and I got to stop all the time. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which means you don't have to throw out the battery, which instead of getting five to seven years out of a battery, you should be looking at getting up to 10 to 15 years out of your battery in your truck. Almost 20 years, like the lifespan of the truck. And the battery is also four times smaller which means it's a lower environmental impact and a lower cost to change at the end of the day like i feel like i'm going nuts here by like this makes sense everything mm-hmm. about this makes sense why isn't this the way that electric vehicles are being pushed on us hey it is now it is now boy we're the future <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty cool i'm i'm glad to see that it happened unlike the tesla truck mm-hmm. you know like it's actually a moving thing yeah, it's, it, I do find that cool, too. Like, like you can find more videos of us online driving an electric truck around than you can see a Tesla driving around. Yeah. Well, actually, just uh, in the last two weeks, I've seen a couple posts about the Tesla truck. I don't remember what they were about, but I've seen I've been seeing more posts about those. We must have came up on their radar. They're like, oh, shit, Edison's yeah. posting a lot. We got yeah. to catch up. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I don't see, though? It's like, you know, one thing we've done is, like, we let a bunch of, like, just – people that are truck drivers hop in and take it for a drive i've let 10 different people now at least 10 different people hop in the truck take it for a drive see what they thought move it around and i haven't seen tesla being like open the door and be like hey guys do you want to test it out to a bunch of truck drivers like we had you know sandy heavy on fool nathan i, I drove all it. truck yeah you drove it uh jim baggett like we we have a lot of guys in there that are like, hey, take it for a drive. Let us know what you think. Let people on social media. Like, where is this from Tesla? Like, why aren't they putting these trucks out to truckers and letting them try it out? It's always like some tech guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That's why we're better. <laughs> oh, Did you see Musk walking into Twitter's uh, headquarters, though? I did think that was a with cool the, video. With the thing? With the sink, yeah. I'll give it to yeah. him. That was pretty cool. I just let that sink in. I don't even know what he's going for. That's funny. <laughs> Wait, what happened? Elon Musk bought Twitter, right? Yeah. So he walked into the H, uh, like the, the headquarters, and he just had a – he was carrying a sink. And then he tweeted a video of him doing it, and he said, let that sink in. Like, what? <laughs> I don't know. It's hilarious, though. Honestly, there's part of me that, like, loves Musk for what he did, but part of me now that it's like – this guy is losing his mind. Ah, uh, 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 ah. Uh. In a way, yes, but also, like, I do think some of the stuff he does, I'm, I'm with. I'm with. But also because he's Tesla and we're Edison, I'm against him in that way. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a lot of stuff that I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that's awesome <clears throat> what he's doing. Some of his <laughs> tweets, that one about Bill Clinton, like, what? Come on, that's funny for a billionaire. You don't see billionaires acting like that, so it's just kind of different. Like, it's amusing. I mean they should they have a billion dollars who gives a shit anymore at that point they have many billion of millions of dollars it's funny yes. like uh, it's a different approach i like also Anye uh, lost apparently a billion dollars over his tweets about the jews 
Yeah, I don't know what he's doing there. That seems that seems a bit much. Just because everyone's shocked by that, they're like, "How could Kanye say something?" And it's like, have you guys not been paying attention to how fucking nuts Kanye West has been for the last ten years? And you're shocked that he would say something crazy like what? I'm not even like against the guy. It's just, it's just you gotta know he's insane. So when he does something insane, why are people acting surprised? It's like. Oh yeah, okay. Like that's what he does. When does he not do something crazy like that? Like if somebody came out there, like another media guy, and like Bill Gates came out and started like ranting, or like when Mel Gibson started ranting about the Jews in Hollywood, everyone was like, "Whoa, where did that come from?" But like Kanye West has been insane for the last ten years. Like I, I wasn't even shocked. We were like Kanye tweets that uh, something about that, and you're like, "Yeah, that sounds about right." Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe, maybe we should just take this as a sign that when people that are absolutely insane for social media or celebrities, we should just stop listening to what they say completely. I, I, I could support that. Also, I didn't get the logic on that. Same as the Mel Gibson one, where it's like, oh, I don't like the Jews because they're in, in power in Hollywood and they control everything in Hollywood. And it's like, number one, that's completely stupid and racist but number two even if that was true aren't you just yelling about your bosses publicly and insulting them like and then they always wonder why they get fired and it's like ah i hate the guy that runs my company because he's a jew oh how did i no longer get any work i don't understand this yeah i don't i don't i don't follow it at all i try to stay out of hollywood (laughs) Uh, yeah it's dangerous dangerous place to go chase don't do it (laughs) <laughs> don't yeah i'm not gonna go to hollywood i feel like i would fit in in hollywood you'd be a great actor <laughs> really really oh, okay pretty good pretty good actor. hey sorry gabe we've you don't like how we talk about going off the rails definitely get off track a lot you're you okay you <laughs> listened a lot i think you know who this happens yeah but the it's bad, good the bad part is i'm just sitting here listening to it thinking it's normal like yeah like a normal episode you're like oh yeah, yeah. I, i'm in on this one you know, the best way I've thought of how to, like, what blue-collar interviews really is, is a bunch of blue-collar guys bullshitting on their lunch break. I, I think that is perfect, and I think that's why guys like it, because it, you throw it on the same, it's like, yeah, lunch break, who, who doesn't like just sitting there BSing? That's what we do, it's what we're good at for some reason, <laughs> just bunch time bullshitting. Yeah, that is what blue-collar, blue-collar interviews is, like, too many interviews, they're, like, podcasts, they're, like, see they want to talk about like some agenda or some main thing we just literally bullshit about anything that you would on a job site pretty much anything oh it could be called lunch pail talks we could have done that too yeah no we're not rebranding not not happening no it's a a little late in this game well we got like 50 some odd episodes it's 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 over 50 i think yeah pretty dope who would have thought who would have thought who would have thought Oh, okay. back to concrete though. Mm-hmm. Like, concrete trucks were the one thing that like turns into a nightmare. I know from like doing heavy recovery, if they break oh, yeah. or roll over. I've been, I've had to be towed, towed out twice. Once for uh, almost tipping over, and once because I broke down. And I, uh, when I tipped over or about tipped over, you know they they have to hook a strap onto it so it doesn't tip over. And then they just pull you out, you know? Yeah. But they make you get in and steer it, and you're sitting there while you're, t- like, feel like you're going to tip. That's pretty scary. I about oh. need a new pair of pants after that one. <laughs> but then, like, when you tow it, when you just break down, my, my drive shaft fell out, so the truck would run. But the mechanics didn't want the ABS to act up, so they had me turn the truck off. But by then, the concrete was, like, no good. They had me put water in it to make it wet and make sure it didn't dry up. And the tow truck took off. All the concrete went right out the back of the truck, all over the road. Oof, that's a cleanup. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we, had to, we had to figure out how to get the truck running to make sure it stayed spinning so we didn't spill it. You know, then we had to go clean up the road and all that. That seems like be more of an issue than worrying about an ABS sensor fix later on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, it seemed like to me it'd be way easier to just flash the codes. Yeah. We didn't. We didn't have the computer or anything with us, but we ended up just like pulling a bunch of fuses out until it, the ABS stayed off. 
Okay, Gabe, I got a question for you. Yeah. How is your pouring into wheelbarrows? Are you like exact, you know, when to shut it off, fill a wheelbarrow right where they want it, or are you like on off with it? Well, I've only ever overfilled a wheelbarrow once because like I had all my chutes on for some reason. And the more chutes you throw on, the more concrete you slide down. Yeah, the, 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 the harder it is to guess. Yeah. Like, I'm normally, I, I don't like doing wheelbarrows because you, you roll out so little. Like, I like doing buggies better, but I can do a mm-hmm. wheelbarrow pretty good. But also the problem is when you get, you're on a job site, and I don't want to be like racist or anything, but you got two white guys <laughs> and two Mexican guys. You can, you can fill the wheelbarrows for the Mexican guys, and then the white guys, you got to fill them like a quarter of the way. <laughs> so that's funny that's racist there. against white people i love it <laughs> you're, you're sitting there you gotta know who's coming next and then you gotta fill it depending on how much they can carry so like one wheelbarrow you might fill full and then you gotta like do the next one just a little bit and then okay do you know where like there's somebody like do you know when you're working with a guy and like one of the guys just looks like a scrawny little shit so you just get, like load him up way more than everybody else <laughs> I, I tried that once. We, I was at uh, a military base doing that. I think it was this guy's first day. He must have been like 16 or something. And uh, the first wheelbarrow load, he went first. And all the other guys were like, you know, 30 or 40. And they said the first one, the dump one, was buying beer for the day. And this 16-year-old kid, I loaded him up like I normally would, like three-quarters full. And he dumped on the first one. Oh, that's embarrassing. Poor kid. Yeah. <laughs> so the rest of the day, I had to, like, fill everybody's full and then, like, you know, just fill his a little bit, make sure he could handle it. When it starts to go, I don't know, Chase, if you ever poured concrete, when you get a wheelbarrow, starts to tip, it's gone. It's like oh, you I, got you got to keep it balanced. If you lose it, that's it. I've, I've wheeled a couple. I am I definitely can't do a full one either. I, I did. I did. One was full the other day just because the truck, like, the guy with the truck just, uh, you know, just oopsie on the shoot poured out a bit too much whatever and yeah. i was more worried it, like like i work for myself i have one wheelbarrow on that job site for that day i was like oh shit the tire is gonna blow like that thing was touching the rim on the ground <laughs> but, yeah it's, con- it's, the other there. thing what, since i started concrete it's it's a lot heavier than i thought oh it's heavy yep yeah it's well i mean it's dirt mixed with water it's like moving mud basically oh, yeah. rocks. well yeah, what think, we uh, what do we call it? we call it rock soup me and my buddy are hanging out doing concrete. It's always, yeah, get the rock soup going. It depends how wet you pour. <laughs> it's always soupy. Yeah. I, got another, I suppose I could throw out a concrete fact. Yeah. Go for uh, it. For building supplies, I think concrete is the most used by weight, which makes sense for that. That would, that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I would be surprised if styrofoam was up there. <laughs> yeah. Wait, there is the there is the concrete guy who use styrofoam for uh footings mm, well icf blocks those are pretty neat yeah expensive too hey sorry chase i gotta start packing for something here um i'll just leave it on if you guys want to do the final if you want to do the final questions with him and stuff but i, I just gotta do some stuff here oh okay yeah sorry go on for another 10 15 all good i'll just leave the phone going i gotta pack some stuff and gabe yeah, thanks for coming on yeah, nice no talking problem. to you. Yep. You guys, you guys keep her going for a bit. Now we can talk shit about Jordan. Do it. Okay, I, I listen to it afterwards, though, so don't. I'm very sensitive. Okay. <laughs> <Kate, laughs> hey, do not talk about Jordan's height here, Jake. Gabe. All right. Well, I'm. Uh, I kept it on just to hear Jordan? that, Chase. You mother. Okay, I'm going. <laughs> Bye. Is he at least five foot? I'm five oh. foot eight and a half. Bye. Oh, I, well, it's kind of embarrassing. I'm taller than Jordan. I'm no, like. Oh. I thought I was short. I'm like five, five ten with boots on. Oh, I mean, what's the average height for a guy in the U.S.? Uh, I don't know, like six foot maybe. Uh, one point seven meters. No, that doesn't. Oh, the average American is five foot eight. Oh, five foot eight to five foot nine. So Jordan oh. is exactly Jordan's average. Jordan's average. Yeah. yeah. Huh. huh. I guess I'm slightly above average. So Jordan's actually average height. If he was down here. If he was down here. I mean, what, what's, the, what's the height in Canada? Are yeah. Canadians taller? Five foot ten. Oh, yeah. So Jordan should move down here so he could be average. He's average height in the U.S. He's yeah. two under in... Uh, oh, the, the tallest people in the world from the Netherlands at the average height 
five foot eleven point nine inches. How many miles? They, they might as well run six at that point. Oh wow! Canadians are actually the fourth hot tallest people on average in the world. Huh? I did not know that. The uh. The tiniest people are Philippines, where the average man comes in at five foot four. That's, that's definitely short. I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm taller than that. Yeah, Jordan goes over to the Philippines. He's a giant. He's <laughs> on the he's on the Philippine Filipino NBA team over there. Oh yeah, could probably dunk on a basketball hoop there. <laughs> probably could because the basketball hoop's only at the six foot mark. <laughs> Oh, but oh, I guess we got to ask those final uh, end-to-interview questions we always do. All right. Uh, if you could work in any job anywhere in the world, what job would you do? Uh, just anywhere or trucking? Anywhere doing anything. Anywhere? Uh, well, I'd probably still be trucking, but I, I, I was wanting to do, like, low boy equipment hauling but i know one thing for sure i wanted to like drive a big big truck or something and trailer like downtown new york city or chicago some places like that and just see how it is for like a couple months wow you were the first person i've i never would have thought of the dream job of pulling like low bed in new york but like i yeah just to like see how complicated it is you know you know what? I kind of would like to try it now that you think about it. Like, yeah. it would probably be frustrating, but like, it would test your driving skills to the max. Like, when you have just inches to spare and you're trying to get like a oh, DA, yeah. like, yeah. or whatever. I know around here at our uh, ready mix company, I know the young guys, they're, uh, we're always getting told like how good of drivers we are and we need more young guys out here. Hmm. I don't, we do, we do some, Good stuff us young guys do around there. To be fair, I've been saying we need to get more young people into trucking for a long time. And Oh, yeah. I started, I don't know if I told you or if Jordan told you, but I started when I was 20. And my buddy here, he started driving here when he was 18, right out of high school. Yeah. And, I mean, that's one of those things <clears throat> where it drives me nuts about the U.S. is that need to be 21 part. Cause well, 20, 21 to go out of state. You can yeah. start you can start in state at eighteen, just find a local job. Which still doesn't make sense because of how small some states are. Like what if you're uh, yeah. Rhode Island, you're just fucked, right? Yeah. Well, I think, <laughs> like, yeah, I think there, there might be a thing where you can go like a hundred miles or hundred and fifty or something from your like home base. I think that might be a thing too. I'm not sure. Yeah. Like and it, it, it doesn't make any sense at all for that rule. It's like somebody that's like 18, 19, like in Alaska, can drive all the way down to Vancouver, <laughs> can drive, like, somebody that's in Alaska oh, yeah. Yeah. 19, can drive 6,000 miles all the way up to New Brunswick, back up to Alaska, no problem. Somebody in Rhode Island can't drive more than 150 miles, and then they're arrested. And it's like, it makes no sense, because you want smart, skilled people in the trucking industry, which means they you need people to see it as a trade, and what's the point of having a trade if, like, hey, you're out of high school at 18? Just so you know, you can't even start working realistically in this trade for at least three years. Yeah. All this going to happen, people, they'll go in and find another trade. They'll become welders or millwrights or something like that and, instead of truck drivers because they just don't want to wait around. And, like, to me, that's way more harmful than the industry than having, like, an 18-year-old who's like, oh, he might make a few mistakes. But who cares at the end of the day like maybe it made sense back in the 1970s 1960s where you're like hey these people are young they're out in the middle of nowhere like but nowadays everything is the computers are all gps there's cell phones where if you have a problem you can pick up there's really no difference between an 18 year old picking up a cell phone and asking what to do if he's 400 miles away or if he's 40 miles away oh yeah it's it's also a lot harder to get a cdl here now they uh you got to do like four weeks of training. Just yeah, for, they, they yeah. Too, which I think is good. I mean, I did mine in six hours, and I'm doing fine. Yeah, like, it's a one day class. 
<laughs> I just board a guy's truck. But it's the problem was is that there were certain demographics of like fly by night companies that weren't putting in the effort to train people. Oh yeah, they were just putting them in trucks. Yeah, put him in a truck with a trainer who's been on the road for three months. And you're like, well, he's been driving for three months. We're just going to put you in an automatic. You're just going to do your test real quick. We'll spend like a, a few hours to show you. And then we'll send you over with another guy that has no experience. And it's like, I get why they did it. But yeah. there's just been some rule of like, honestly, I think that's what they need to get rid of. Is like, make all the rules be like, you know what? You can't go out of state. You, you know, no interstate until you do the, uh, you know, you got to do your three-week course if you want to do regional. If you're working in town, well, that's fine. You put it in a truck. Oh, yeah. Because in-town guys are day cabs. They're not going to try and make guys run split shift, like sleeper berth, one guy sleeping, one guy driving in a cement truck. That's actually going to be training time in the passenger seat. Yeah, we... You have to train guys for a month or two, which means like we got two guys in one truck and you'll got, you know, you're paying two guys to do just to ride there to do one person's job. Yep. Like me, I was training for a week and I was good to go. We also got to be able to like get the hang of it, you know, so how to do it all. I mean, that's true. Those training courses don't anybody because like we have the four week program here. It's called the melt program. And yeah. It it doesn't it trains everybody how to pull a dry van on the highway. That's literally what it's geared for is the dry van industry. But there's people going into it to run cement truck, gravel truck, logging truck, and like none of the things they're being taught are in any way applicable to the job they're actually gonna be doing with the truck. Oh yeah. I mean I guess I meant ours like our guys that do it for two months, you know, they'll they'll get it and understand all of it after you know, two or three weeks, and then they're just riding there for another month just to get their hours. But before, they were just good to go because our job is so simple, but we don't need the as much, I'd say, as much training. But, but I don't know. I, I mean, the problem is I definitely need it, but not everybody. I think that's just a problem. Is like you, your company sounds like a pretty good company, but how do yeah. you compare that to like a company that's like, oh, well, we put him in the seat for a day, he's good to go on his own. So it's like I don't know, I don't know where I fall on this issue. I know one thing I think that should be done is like, you know, you got your endorsements for your license. We yeah. need to get like a trailer endorsement for passenger vehicles for like a pickup in a trailer. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people out here that I, you know, driving around every day. I see a lot of people with their trailers, like, swaying back and forth. Or I'll see, like, a pickup and then an RV with a trail behind that with a car behind that. And you know. I honestly think it should be a gross vehicle thing where anything over a one ton, you need a special license for at this point. Like, U-Haul. I'm sorry, but you should not be able to buy, like, a 25, 30-foot U-Haul truck. Like, these guys... I've never driven anything bigger than a Honda Civic in their entire life. They rent a 30-foot U-Haul truck, and then they put another, like, 20-foot trailer behind the U-Haul, and you're like, oh, yeah, this person can absolutely handle a 50-foot combination going through city traffic. And it's like, oh, no, but it's okay because he's trying to make a go of it in a new city. He's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't get it. Like You see him throughout big stuff like nope. that. Same with the RVs, like the big nope. motorhome ones. Oh, yeah, Jordan's back. Hey, sorry. I, uh, I'm back. <laughs> sorry. I'm not really back after the goal, but like I'm driving for 10 minutes and I got the headphones in. So it's legal. Everybody don't be mad at me. Okay. Fair so, enough. Fair we got, enough. we got more time. You guys are still going. No, we talking like people do this but I guess we can ask one of our clients. Oh, we found out your average height for an American. Okay. What is it? Uh, five foot eight and a bit is the average height for a U.S. Uh, male. So I am five foot eight and a little bit. So I'm average height. You're average height. You're slightly under because five foot ten is average height for a Canadian. For Canadians are taller. Yeah, we are the according to the thing I was looking at, we are the uh, fourth tallest country in the world. Oh, average height. Netherlands, Switzerland. Is oh, I thought it was Switzerland. Okay, Netherlands, Sweden, Sweden. Sorry. Yeah. No. That, apparently, the Netherlands are. Huh. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. 
Can you guys yeah. hear me driving? Like, do you hear vehicle noises, or is it good? I just heard something. Okay. Yeah, there's <laughs> My car squeaks. <laughs> I got to do some work on the front end. Gabe, last question here. Uh, your dream truck as a driver. What would be your dream truck? If it's a Sterling. Uh, if it's a Sterling, Gabe. No. I mean, well, you know, the, the old OBS Fords, that was one of my first pickups. And uh, these Sterlings have a lot of the same buttons, so it kind of brings back memories. Okay. But uh, anyway, I'd, I'd say like, a, you know, Peterbilt 379, like stretched out with, I don't know, cool colors, black probably. And like some, some green underglow. Hmm. Okay. That could be cool. Black Pete, I like it. All mm-hmm. right, well, I'll let Jordan get back to his driving before he gets into a wreck. I'm not going to do that. I Like I said, I got headphones in, so it's just like I'm talking on the Bluetooth, which is legal, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. I'm yeah, pretty sure like hands-free recording a podcast while driving is legal, technically. I, I, I don't want to dive into the laws of that, but I think it'd be legal. So I think it's legal. As long as you're recording the podcast <laughs> yeah. while driving, free. Like, we've done a lot of interviews with, like, truck drivers who have done it while they're driving. This is true. This is true. Okay. And I Thanks. mean, Sorry. people are distracted on their phone anyways. Like, you're probably safer than, like, two-thirds of the people out there. Okay, I saw someone today driving middle lane to, like, over a bit, and they're in a tractor, so they're only going about 40. So I was like, okay, this guy's definitely on his phone. So I go to pass. I am ahead of him. I'm, like, 200 yards past him already. And then he decides to swerve back into his lane dramatically. Like, I <laughs> flew by him scary-like. And it's like, dude, like, how, you just noticed I passed you? Like, I, it wasn't, like, mid-pass. It was, like, pass for a little bit, looking back, looking back. Swerves over, moving all over the place. Like, hey, buddy, like, come on. You're, that's a little too much texting and driving. Stop from his Netflix. Yeah, I'm like, we all do it a little bit, but that is – that's a lot of texting and driving, but <laughs> – I mean, I feel like tractor guys are probably used to it. Like, I'm sorry, but if I was in a tractor going on a straight line in a field, now the fact that they're all, like, computer controlled and it keeps the tra- drives, steers the tractor for you, I'm watching Netflix all day in that tractor. Oh, I know a lot of guys who just download Netflix and other things that they shouldn't. But, yeah. It's, I uh... mean, the truck driver's doing it. Like, there was a uh, just out, like, up the road on the Coquihalla by the highway by my place. Where a semi truck, there was a slow low bed climbing up the hill. Like this is a six lane freeway at six o'clock in the morning, pure dead. Rear ended another truck on the hill, like smashed into the back of a low bed. Uh, killed both the people in the semi truck rear ended it. Mm-hmm. That's how fast it hit the low bed. When they, there was an iPad laying on the freeway. Ah, uh, that's a little much. Like the amount. Actually, want like you're in a truck and you look at the highway, the amount of people that have an iPad on the dash or like behind their steer is insane. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous now that, like, like for the log books, they're allowing iPads and it's like, hey, we know where this goes, you guys. Like, e logs are just iPads for a lot of truckers right now. I think they're just watching TV and driving 100%. Yeah, they just mount it low enough so that you can't see unless you're eye height. And the amount of people, like, even in traffic on, you know, I counted it. We counted uh, coming out of Vancouver. Me and my buddy, he was riding passenger. We, 250 vehicles that either passed us or we passed in the space of, like, an hour and a half in heavy traffic. Out of that 250, about 180 were either had the phone resting on their knee or in their hand or on the dash displaying a video. Okay, I was going to go into the texting and driving talk, but all this is hypothetical. I... Don't text and drive ever in my life. Cops. Okay. Like, okay. I've, I've done a little bit. Anyways, with my chat, I actually, like, if you're, like, with me, we, I got gravel back roads everywhere. If you're on a back road and you put, look at your phone to text for a bit or snap, I really don't care because you're only going to kill yourself and that's your call. Cities, and even, like, even the number one highway when I'm on it sometimes, like, if you look for a bit, there's no traffic close to you. There's no traffic behind you. I, like if you look for a bit, I'm not. You're, you're not a criminal, whatever. But it's the guys in cities or highways that are busy. Like when the coke is busy, like it's like, hey, pay attention to where you're driving. Oh, that's what drives me nuts. Is like there's a time and a place to text and drive. Mm-hmm. On a loaded truck on a freeway, who cares? You're yeah. Prairies, middle of nowhere, nobody around you. Yeah, go for it. I don't. That's care. your life. Who cares? Yeah. Downtown Vancouver in rush hour traffic. Like maybe put the phone down. Fuck. Yeah, like, I know, like, there's because you can't police it. It's going to be a no-poller 
no uh, tolerance thing, but it's like, eh, like back roads, whatever. Like I, I don't, I don't care. But if, if it's in a highway or in town, I've seen in town lot where like I'm on a job site, people are going down like a back alley ripping. Like, Hey, like again, back roads, you know where the farmyards are. No kids ripping out back alleys here looking down. Kid can run out like that, the times and places but people. Here's the, here's the thing is like the law I think should apply to everywhere because if you're so distracted playing on your phone that you didn't notice that a cop car was there watching you, then you weren't paying attention to enough to other vehicles in the area. If you can see there's no vehicles around, you're not going to get mailed for it. Yeah. But if you're not paying attention and you don't see the cop, well, then you weren't paying attention at all and you should get mailed. So they should just take in the law everywhere. Yeah. Well, I've had a few people that I know get texting and driving tickets and all the stories are like, oh, yeah, like I was in Winnipeg there and, I, and like they're telling you the story where they're in the city and it's like, okay, well, maybe you shouldn't have been texting and driving then. Like, I'm not going to defend you on this one. Like, Maybe you shouldn't have been. Oh, to be fair, I've gotten one ticket for using a handheld mobile device while driving, and it wasn't texting and driving. And like, I'll text and drive hypothetically. I would text and drive a fair bit. And where I got, you know where I got the ticket for? I was pulling into the log yard at a lumber mill, and I grabbed the two-way radio, and I go to talk on the radio. I'm like, what? oh, yeah, just coming in. And He's like, oh, you had your phone in your hand. I'm like, no, it was the mic. I was talking into the mic to the radio. He's like, no, no, that was uh, that, that was your phone. I'm, and I'm like, gives me the ticket. And I'm like, no, it was the mic. He's like, well, you can fight it in court, knowing that it's like, oh, this is like years ago, back when the fine first came out, and it was only like 150 yeah, bucks, three points. slap on the wrist. Yeah, it was like, I'm like, oh, you know damn well I'm not going to drive four hours back here. But yeah. apparently that cop was sitting there next to the mill, like, looking for truckers talking on their mic or looking for any truck. Like, you just had a bone to pick. And I was like, fuck. Yeah. Okay, but, sorry. I, I I do officially got to go now. <laughs> yeah, we're at 69 minutes. So that seems like a good time to end it. Perfect time to stop. Gabe, thanks for coming yeah. on, buddy. That was good. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay. We'll wait till exactly we're at 69 and 420. So just 42. Yeah. yeah okay. I, I, I'm waiting. Also, okay. I got to edit this so it won't be like this for people on your phone looking later oh. on. Okay. Well, we're there. Thanks for coming on.